Okay. We'd like to welcome you to House of Prayer podcast again. Uh, we've been really enjoying this series, hearing some feedback from a few of you on how you've been enjoying, how you've been engaging with it, and finding it encouraging. So, love that. Glad that you're participating and enjoying it. Uh, let you know that this is available on Facebook and on YouTube. And there's audio versions of this podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and a number of others. Um, so you can go check it out, listen there. Um, so we're excited today here to have uh, yeah, Anne with us. She's been involved with House of Prayer for numerous years. I don't actually know how many. And she's been fun to pray with and enjoying praying with her in the prayer room. So Anne, you want to introduce yourself? Share with sure. you are. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Uh, my name is Anne McNaughton, and I'm married to Dwayne, who most of you know. I have, or we have two adult children, and they're both married, and we have three grandchildren. I, uh, I grew up in the Fort Saskatchewan, right in Fort Saskatchewan. I lived there, you know, as my growing years. My dad was actually a United Church minister out there. So, um, you know, we were kind of got introduced to Christianity and prayer. At, you know, it's kind of like a flow in my life all along. I went to University of Alberta, became a teacher, taught school for about five years, uh, and I've lived in the Capital Region most of my life. Dwayne and I and our kids did about seven years in Saskatchewan, but then we came back to, to live in Sherwood Park. So just, I've always really had like a passion and a love for this area. And I guess the last thing I can share is that I've been attending Old Strathcona Vineyard Church for the last 21 years. Thanks. I didn't know that. Yeah, that was United Pastor. Um, so then I will ask everyone, so how did you get started in prayer? If you grew up in a church, obviously you're around it, but when did it start to become important to you, something that you grasp and are going after? Yeah, that's a good question. Because I did grow up in a Christian home, so prayer was just something that we did, particularly in the church. Um, I, I, I kind of flowed in it for the first part of my life. Unfortunately, I was or fortunately, I was one of those teenagers whose kind of brains turned into oatmeal for a few years. So I kind of didn't really walk in it very, you know, in my teen years. But I think I seriously started to seek out prayer and who God is, my Christian roots, relationship with the Lord. After I had kids, uh, my late 20s, my early 30s, and I'd been in the United Church in uh, Saskatoon, actually, we were at, at the time. And I became so disillusioned and um, empty and um, distraught even in, in, in my, my faith walk. And I can remember having a conversation with God and saying, okay, look, God, I'm, I'm doing all these things for you. I'm reading scriptures in church. I'm overseeing Sunday school. I'm on this committee, this committee, this committee, and this committee. Why do I feel so empty in church? And I didn't really get an answer. So I decided, like, I didn't leave the church, but I decided to pursue investigating this in kind of what you might say all the wrong places. Um, for a good year, I was investigating New Age and Buddhism and um, other, other religions, so to speak. But, but fortunately, in the midst of that year-long search, I knew one thing for sure. I knew one thing. I knew that Jesus Christ died for my sins on the cross. He rose again. He's at the right hand of the Father. Everything falls short of that. So all my dabblings in this and dabblings in that, it was like, oh, I guess it's not there. Oh, I guess that's not it. Because I knew that for a fact. So then I was 34 years old, and I uh, had quite a dramatic encounter with God. 
and it just changed everything in me. Um, my, actually, my my life went from black and white to color just instantly, and it was a born again experience. I even though I had grown up in the church and was a Christian, I, I go like this Christian. I didn't understand personal relationship with God. So after this encounter. Um, I did understand, and that's where things took off. I was so drawn to prayer and so drawn to intercession, which had kind of been formulas for me before. And I remember the first thing I did was joining a prayer group in the church that I was in at that time, which actually was a Mennonite church, wonderful church. And I remember going to a prayer group, and there were probably about eight people sitting around in a living room, and their prayers were beautiful and flowing and poetic and and i thought oh if that's prayer i i can't do that uh i i don't have that ability <laughs> so even though that was my kind of my first formal experience i still was compelled to pursue this place of prayer so kind of the journey continued after that so yeah when you see how that encounter with god like, what happened mm -hmm. like what did that encounter look like well i was actually at a business meeting in winnipeg and on Sunday morning, the organizers of the business meeting um, gave addresses of different churches that you could go to. And if you didn't want to go anywhere, they held a, like a non-denominational church service, which Dwayne and I went to. The message was so powerful. I can't tell you a word of what he said right now. But then he gave an altar call. And I wasn't really familiar with altar calls at the time. But the Holy Spirit was so powerful. And so on me that I, I went forward, I just remember weeping and weeping because I'd come to the place I'd searched for for 34 years. And um, it, it was just such a powerful encounter. I can remember that my physical eyes were closed, but my spiritual eyes were open. And there was probably a good 2,000 people in the room. And I could see what looked like to be sheets of white, um, falling from the ceiling and going into people kind of like like this you know falling from the ceiling and going into people mm -hmm. and i i understand now that that was the holy spirit but i didn't have a clue who the holy spirit was back then so it, it really it just changed my life it, it brought me to a place of i'm home i'm home and i could kind of go forward from there oh, wow that's great and so then as you started your prayer life you mentioned that you with those ladies and they're praying elegantly and flowy and you're like, well, I can't do this. But you still, you're like, I need to do this. So you went after, what was that in you that you're going, I need to do this? So. It was a compelling in me. It was like a, a desire. It was almost like it was in my DNA that I, uh, that I, I, I needed to pursue this and, and push into this. And over the years, you know, the things that God, God has taught me in this pursuit of prayer is that, prayer is kind of like a, a flow a daily flow it's like i've come to a place where prayer is a rhythm of my life that yes. scripture that talks about pray without ceasing has become actually very real to me not that i totally understand it but it's a rhythm in my life and at the same time um there's we also go through seasons of particular anointing in prayer even though it's a rhythm a flow there's particular anointings in prayer yeah. And I can remember the first time I kind of experienced that was several years ago. And I um, started praying for Germany. And I understand that's your country of heritage. So I just had Germany on my heart. I 
I had the map open, my hands on Germany, and I'd weep and travail and cry and pray and pray in tongues um, over this, this beautiful country. And that, ha that lasted for about three months. And then after three months, it was like God flicked a switch. It was, I'm like, oh, I'm not praying for Germany anymore. So that's what I mean by certain anointing. Uh, I remember a season where I was particularly compelled to pray for leaders, church leaders, political leaders, kind of leaders in, uh, in the TV world. I, I had an anointing to pray for Brad Pitt for three and a half years. Once a week, I prayed for him. Powerful scripture after scripture for him. And I've seen a little bit of fruit in that, but I know there's still a way to go. With <laughs> then I, I had an anointing to pray for inner healing. Inner healing and, and healing in general has been a passion of mine since I was a little kid. I didn't understand it, but, but I had this, this passion. Went through Elijah House training and some other training, walking through my own inner healing at, at the same time doing this. And I spent seven years counseling like with, with women, one-on-one -on -one with women. And that is intercession. That was a whole new area of intercession that I kind of grabbed onto because all I would do, I'd be with the woman. I would listen to the Holy Spirit. He would give me key questions to ask her. And then I would just watch the Holy Spirit do, do what he does and just praying quietly kind of behind the scenes. So that was a real intense time of intercession for inner healing. Now, it's not like... Um, I stopped praying for those things if the intense anointing is gone. I still pray for leaders in different countries, praying for Japan now. Uh, inner healing is just uh, such a passion. I, I still pray for, for inner healing. But it's just seasons where the weight of God is on it. The oil of God is on it. So I've really learned to kind of walk in those um, different anointings. And the last three months, I would say, I just feel an anointing to pray about the abortion issue and, and life, which I've always prayed for, but the weight of God in it. So kind of learning the different seasons in prayer. Um, something else that God... Mm -hmm. Like I said, how do you know like what the anointing is on? Like once, you've, once you're praying for something, you feel it. Like what's that first initial discovery of like, oh, he's on me to pray for abortions right now? Where does that start? Quite often for me, it'll start with a dream. Um, I'll, I'll have a dream about a person or a country or whatever. And then as I ask God about it, it's, it's like, it's a, it's a hard word to describe. It's like a weight. It's like all of a sudden I'm carrying, I'm not carrying it, but I feel like I'm carrying the country of Germany or I'm carrying these women. And there's also a delight in it. I can remember someone saying to me, don't you feel kind of dragged down listening to women's problems all day? And I thought, I said, no. I said, I'm refreshed. It's a delight. So there's like a favor in it. Um, and, and, and the delight in praying, it doesn't mean that it's not tiring or, or whatever, but there is a delight in it. So that's kind of, it's kind of a, a description of it. Yeah. Yeah. And so then where does that go? Like, and like the experiencing the anointing, like there's like on top of that, there's like a place of intimacy in prayer, which I know you know about. Like, what does that look like in the midst of that? Yeah, that's one thing that I had to learn over the years. I had to learn about it all starts with Christ. 
And that, that's one thing that, that the Lord has really brought me into is that when we are, are when I am in a place with him, um, you know, I, I sort of look at it like this, where it's Jesus and me. We have an intimacy. We have a relationship. And everything else comes from this place. Prayer comes from it. Business, family, etc. all comes from this place. So that, that time of intimacy with him, I, I, I can't even emphasize it, it enough. And it's a place where he will, will he'll really teach you to listen as well. Like I can talk God's ear off. But he, but he brings me to a place of be still and know that I'm God. Be quiet and know that I'm God. So that place of intimacy is, is the core of my prayer life. It's the core of, of intercession and walking with him. And then as you've been going, like, what are some of the things God's been teaching you about prayer? And what are some of the things that he's been highlighting to you about like, how to pray and how to engage with him? Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, the first one is is that intimacy with him. But one thing that he's showing me is um, he always answers prayer. Uh, and, and as my girlfriend says, sometimes it's a slow cooker process. Um, I mean, I've been praying for some things for 20 years and haven't really seen much change, but I know he answers. There's also times where he instantly answers a prayer. Like I can remember years ago in a, a previous church, we had a gentleman come in, his name um, is, was Ray, and he was off the street, he was homeless, but he received Christ and was baptized. And it, it was around the Christmas season and I was walking down Sherwood Park Mall and I said, God, what would bless Ray? Like what gift can I buy for Ray? And I turned the corner and there was all of a sudden a big rack of coffee mugs and my eyes went to one that said Ray on it. So that was a two-second answer to prayer. So, so you know, not to get discouraged if um, if things aren't happening as quickly as you as you want them to happen. So, another thing that that he has been teaching me is, I mean, there's so many different ways that we learn. Like, um, just for example, I I've learned and grown in prayer through the Vineyard Church, and probably many people listening will know the name Ruth Rosu. And just being under her teaching and um, she mentored me, not one-on-one, -on -one, but just being with her. And she started a, what's called a prayer summits 18 years ago, which is a, an annual uh, time where Christians come together. It doesn't have to be the Vineyard Church, any denomination. And she really taught how to wait on God. They, they go that with, in there with no agenda. So waiting on the Lord, waiting for his voice. And also... I'll tell you a turning point in, in my walk in prayer yeah. and what God is teaching me. And that's when, when I got a hold of some videotapes, videos, okay, I'm dating myself. Mm -hmm. Some videotapes from IHOP in Kansas City, Mike Bickle, on harp and bowl and uh, teach, learning how to pray scriptures and, you know, have the, the back and forth, the, the, the response and the music and, and then the praying the scriptures. That changed my prayer life very dramatically. And then coming to House of Prayer Edmonton, and of course, you know, learning uh, from our, our, our friend Jim, Jim Hall, he mentored me too, not one-on-one, -on -one, but just being under his teaching and, and listening and, and just uh, acquiring that beautiful gift of praying scripture. So uh, the, the huge thing that he has taught me is pray my word. You can't go wrong. There's power in this book incredible power 
so uh, I, that was a, a turning point in my life so so when you say like that praying like a um, prayer and a worship like and that being a thing for you what was it like what caught for you in that vision of like, listening to my pickle mm -hmm. you know i i think it was a power of the holy spirit embedded in it i just feel like it was so anointed and it still is very anointed to um to to marry together prayer and worship and it's interesting because i had kind of thought well Dwayne has this wonderful gift of music and worship and i have this great gift of of intercession and, and prayer but we kind of are on our separate journeys and then when i we came across this the marrying of, of prayer and the word of God and worship, it became one, I can't separate them now. I can't separate prayer and worship right now. There's so many different aspects to each one that blend together that it created a, an incredible flow uh, in prayer. Yes, and then you actually, you were married together. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of cool. <laughs> I thought, oh, we're on our different journeys, but no, we were, we were married. <laughs> That was good. Yeah, for those listening don't know, Dwayne leads worship for us Monday mornings off in the House of Perth, at least when there's no COVID happening. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're missing him. It's <laughs> always so lovely. And so uh, I want to just jump on to that because you're talking about praying scripture. Uh, I know I talked to when you interviewed Jim, uh, he talked a bit about it. Um, but just from your standpoint, uh, what is so powerful about praying scripture? Why do you love it so much? I think the power is because it comes right from the, the, the mouth of God. Um, there, there's so many times where uh, I'll, I'll be praying about something or someone or a situation, and I always go to the Word. I, I might say always go to the Word because God addresses everything. I've heard people say, well, it's an old-fashioned book, and it's you know not for modern times. Oh, my goodness. This is so relevant for, for modern times. And so to be able to open up the scripture and just ask, Holy Spirit, what word from God's mouth do you want me to pray into this situation? And he, 99% of the time, takes me to certain scriptures. And, and you can just feel the power and the, and the anointing in, in prayer. And I've also learned that it's important to know the scriptures. And uh, so I've, I've spent a lot of time in Bible studies and studying whatever, and I I still feel like I've barely tapped the surface of, of the word of God, but so it's important. So now I can go, Oh, Isaiah 61. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I know what that says. So I can go immediately into prayer about that scripture or Psalm 23 or, or whatever it is. So there's a real power because it's God. God's word is, is his, it's his and there's a lot of power that comes through it. Is there something that's on your heart that you want to share? Like yeah, there is something. Um, something that was a very difficult lesson, very difficult to learn. Yeah. Uh, and we've all experienced it in our, our walk with Jesus. And that's what we refer, we refer to the dark night of the soul. And I think I learned more about prayer in those seasons um, where dark night of the soul being where, where you know, prayer is, is like slogging through mud and communion with Jesus. It's like, are you there? Do you hear me? There might be external uh, demands on me or persecution or trials or challenges that take you to a place where it's not easy. Sometimes prayer is easy. Sometimes it's just like slogging through mud. And I, I guess the things I've learned, well, so many things, but I've learned that. And I really, 
would like people to get this if they're if they're in that place right now that um, God has not left you. God did not leave me in those periods of time. Uh, he's not. He wasn't mad at me. Um, his silence was not his absence. He taught me to sing in the dark. Um, he was often doing some deep inner healing, and he taught me to listen. He taught me to listen in those times. So even though I don't run out and say, "Yay, dark night of soul," uh, but at the same time, I know I have learned and grown just very quickly in in these periods of time. I had a season in my life. It lasted five years. It was a five-year dark night of the soul. And I look back and I think, wow, God did so many things, you know, he, he just taught me this, he taught me that. And as difficult as it was, I wouldn't wish it on anybody, but at the same time, I wish for the, the uh, and pray for the learning that comes through that. Yeah, I agree with that. There's a, we don't focus on it much, but if you listen to some of the older literature and older things out there, there's a lot of people who talk the dark night of the soul. I think, I think there's mother trees are that's, I have a book sitting out here somewhere. Trees of a Veil, I think uh, okay. I wrote into your castle and wrote a few other books he talks about it, like the dark night of the soul. Mm -hmm. I don't originated from her, but the idea of like that God leaves you in this place of like that searching and abandoning. Yeah, he, that that searching and the reaching is a depth like it's mine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the faith and the trust that that is pulled pulled from you that you didn't even know you had. Um, quite amazing. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So going through the dark night of the soul, um, do you find that there's like what is it that how do we? In going through that time, is there something like that you feel like God is teaching you that you've seen after, but you didn't see at the time? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, I've, I had so many experiences, and a lot of people do, where you know you call them mountaintop experiences. You're, it's, it's like I've never heard God audibly, but as close to audibly as can be, where where you just it's just like you're walking with your friend, and and uh, he's constantly with you. And then when you go into this place of, of, of darkness, it's like it, the, the scriptures of, you know, my, my pillow is soaked with tears and why have you abandoned me? Why have you forsaken me? We, we have to grapple with those things because, it, you know, walking with God and prayer and intercession, it's not always a cakewalk. Uh, it, it can be very challenging. So I think the big thing that, that he, he told me and taught me that I actually realized after I came out was, I was with you all along. I was holding you. You couldn't even walk. And I was holding you close to my heart. And, and just to be able to be in a place of faith and belief when those things happen. And it's, hopefully it's not always five years like, like I had. I've had kind of shorter ones. And even now I can say most of the time, God, I know you're here. I know you're holding me. I know you're talking to me. But I, I, I just... I'm just, things are just so dark right now. So just the faith, increase of faith that he never leaves. He's true to his word. He does not leave you and he does not forsake you and he does not abandon you. So that's kind of the main thing. Yeah, that's good. Okay, this is the, uh, this is the last thing I was speaking to um, The poem, Dark Night of the Soul by St. John of the Cross. 
says on a dark night, kindled in love with yearnings. Well, happy chance, I went forth without being observed from the house being now at rest. And darkness is secured by the secret ladder disguised. Oh, happy chance, in darkness and concealment, my house being not at rest, and happy night, in secret, when none saw me, nor I beheld aught, felt light or guide, save which burned in my heart. His light guide me most surely than the light of noonday to the place where he was awaiting me, a place where none appeared. O night that guided me, O night more lovely than the dawn, O night that joined beloved with lover, lover transformed into the beloved. And he goes on. Wow. And yet I read his commentary on it. And it's a book. And uh, if you read this, and you're like, okay, this is really intense. But then you read his commentary on it. And he's like talking about, so when he says, I went forth about being observed, he's talking about himself, like his body being asleep, my house now at rest. I went forth about being observed. He's talking about your soul leaving, like dying to this place. And in darkness and secure, yeah. saying in the darkness and secure by secret ladder, you get, and it says in darkness and concealment, the house not being at rest. Went forth without being noticing. And he's talking about, I didn't notice. Mm-hmm. Like, this is my really poor commentary on it, but from what I can understand from his, it's like, because without me being, without me noticing, my soul departed and I met with the beloved in the darkness and the quietness of night. Mm-hmm. And he says no light or guide. Um, really intense book. Yeah. Beautiful, um, actually. Yeah. yeah. And he talks about this place of meeting God in the darkness and meeting God like in that place of like the end of yourself type of idea. Mm-hmm. And I can't give it justice at all. But yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the sort of thing that, uh, like I was referring to, very similar to that, where he taught me to sing in the dark, where I was at the end of everything when, you know, that you, like I was very independent, like I grew up women's lib, 60s, 70s, and I was strong and independent, and he brought me to a place of really showing me my weakness and how I need to depend on him, and so to be able to sing in the dark, it was dark, but, but, but to, to be able to even hear him in the midst of that. Uh, to, to even to be healed of things in the midst of that and to just let go of everything that I thought I knew that I thought my strengths were and uh, he was all he's the only one he's the only strength there is so uh, it's it, they're hard lessons I found them to be hard lessons but, uh, yeah. but they're good that's really in that meeting with God and so uh, during this journey now it's been 30 some years of you like what other things has God been teaching you, showing you, and equipping you in, like in that relationship there? Yeah, uh, I think one thing that kind of really spurred me on and, and broadened my understanding of prayer and, and intercession is the many forms that it takes. Like to me, to go from the place of beautiful, poetic, flowing words and this constant journey of showing, oh, that's intercession, oh, that's intercession. And, um, learning things like groaning and tears and laughter and dance and worship and uh, and art. Um, our daughter is a very gifted artist and uh, it was prophesied over her artwork that God would infuse his healing power in it. So when she gets um, motivated and a vision from God and then she paints it, 
uh, God knows who it's who's it who it is for, and there's healing in it. And and whoever buys it or she gives it to them, there's a healing power. That's that's a form of intercession, praying for this person, putting on canvas um, the things that he wants to heal in them. So that that's a huge thing. I, I've been at the art walk with her many times, and I've literally seen big, strong, tough, tattooed guys walk by and stop and look at the pictures and go, oh, like it just touches the child <laughs> within them. Um, and you could just see, like I could see this healing uh, going going into them. So yeah, one of the biggest things is knowing that it takes so, so many forms. That's why prayer can become a daily rhythm in your life because there's so many different forms and ways that God speaks and, and to express it. And so I know there's many times where I'm in like, Safeway store or something, and I'm in the pickle aisle or whatever, and and I'll I'll see a person there, and I just wanna, I just wanna cry out for them and pray for them and say Hallelujah, praise you, and and mm -hmm. tell them about Jesus. And quite often I don't do that because I probably look like a fool, but I'm doing it in the spirit. So there's a lot of intercession that goes on just in day to day life. Yeah, I was gonna ask you, what are some of those forms? Good prayer. What does it all look like? So yeah highlighting people in the grocery store and what else? Yeah, uh, just, just my daily walk, um, driving down the street. You know, if I'm especially driving through Old Strathcona, which is our kind of place of, of ministry, seeing a, a homeless person, I, I'll just say a prayer to them. And it doesn't have to be a, a long liturgy of prayer. It can be like, oh, God, help them or provide for them, Jesus, or, or whatever. So a lot just in day-to-day -day life. and and. It's, there's also just a consciousness, just an awareness that Jesus is in this place, that where I'm at my friend's house or I'm at the store or whatever, Jesus is here and just be constantly alert. I mean, even when we do Zoom calls and I see all these little boxes with, with people's faces in them who, who I know and love, it's like, God, do you want me to speak something into their lives? Is there a prayer you want me to pray for Mark or Jim or whoever else? And and uh, just be constantly aware of his presence and uh, just listening to him. You've been doing Zoom calls for a lot longer than most of us. Probably about four or five years because <laughs> being involved with Red Leaf Ministries, we, we did Zoom. So yeah, so I'm quite yeah. comfortable with it. Yeah, for those listening who don't know, Red Leaf Ministries is a virtual program by Sarah Maynard across Canada. Yeah. So there's people who think it's hour-long programs. Yeah, hour-long prayer meetings. There's probably about 40 a week now, and um, it's actually called Red Leaf, and then Multiply, Multiply House of Prayer. They kind okay. of merged with a, a group in out of BC. Uh, so we're we're, but it's the same mandate. We pray for Canada. It's just expanding into uh, more, a more global outreach as well. It was pretty well Canada, uh, Israel, and. But just actually on Friday, I'm really excited that we're just starting a prayer group uh, for Japan. And there's, uh, there's missionaries on the ground in Japan. I think what, a Canadian married to a Japanese lady and they've been missionaries there for years and years. So we're connecting via Zoom to be able to pray for the beautiful country of Japan. So I'm very excited about that. Too. Yeah. yeah, that's fun, that's exciting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I think this oh, time. Uh, as you finish, is there anything you'd like to say? Uh, someone learning to pray, growing in prayer. Um, is there anything in your heart that you want to say to them? 
Yeah, I, I think one of the main things from my own experience is I would say, pray and ask God for a mentor, someone who is seasoned in prayer, solid in the word, in a Christian church, and just someone who, who can kind of got more experience can kind of guide you. I, I, that was really strong in my life. Also, I would say, just keep in mind that your personal prayer life and your relationship with Jesus is where it all comes from. And I would say, join prayer groups. Come to House of Prayer Edmonton. There's prayer groups in your church. There's prayer groups online. And just, just be in a place with like-minded people because the corporate expression is very powerful as well. Yes, it comes out of our personal relationship, but our corporate expression brings us into a deeper love for each other. Power of agreement is, is unity yeah. is, is very powerful. So yeah, probably those things. Well, thank you so much, Anne. Yeah, you're it's welcome. great talking to you. I love hearing your story. Mm -hmm. I hope that you find it encouraging. Thanks, Mark. Well, there you go, eh?